Get ready for the Synthesizer Library podcast. Because, let's face it, synthesizers are just cool. Wow, what a crazy few weeks it's been. I can't believe it's already December. It's the end of the year already, and people are getting ready to buy new synthesizers to stuff in their stockings. Um, Hopefully you'll be getting one. Um, And hopefully I'll be getting one. Anyway, here at the top of the show, I just want to go over a few news items and housekeeping, things like that. So the SynthLib patch library is still there, still growing. We still have... um, couple of Korg synths on there and the Roland Juno and the Insonic ESQ1. And um, just recently I've added the Korg MS-20. I had to do some finagling with the database in order to kind of capture how you plug in your patch cables, but that is set up and running. Now here's the caveat to that. Um, I don't actually have an MS-20. I know it's, it's a sin, but um so those of you who do, I'm depending on you to get out there onto the site and create some patches. You create them locally on your synth, record a sample, and then you fill out the form and upload your sample, and that's it. And it's, it's great to share what you've created, and hopefully others can learn from your settings and what you've come up with, and, and yeah, everyone can just learn from each other. So do that. And in general synth news, it looks like the new Moog Mother 32 is just killing it out there. So I think that's the top of my list for the next thing I've just got to have. So if you've already got one, congratulations to you. Hopefully I'll be joining you soon. I think it looks fantastic. And other things, let's see, the Rolands have started to ship their, um, what do they call those, the boutique models. And those look pretty fun too. That I might, of course, I've already got the Juno, but I don't have a Jupiter. It would be nice to have one of those. Um, let's see other news. I've taken some notes here. Oh, so this is kind of a sad bit of news. Um, for those of you who don't know, if you've followed the Music from Outer Space website at all, um, Ray, who runs that, is pretty sick. I understand, and it looks like they're doing a GoFundMe campaign. So um, I think it'd be great to support him, especially considering how much he's given to the synthesizer community. I know a lot of people have learned a lot from him. So all of our best to Ray, and hopefully get better soon. Okay, so today's podcast, I wanted to introduce a new type of synthesis. I know in the past, so far, I've really only dealt with subtractive synthesis, where you take a very rich set of waveforms and you start to remove stuff from it. Well, there are lots of other types, well, a handful of other types of synthesis out there. Uh, Subtractive is not the only one, but it is one of the easiest to understand and most popular. Um, But let's talk about some of the other types. So I thought that a good transition would be to talk about Casio's phase distortion. These, this is a line of synthesizers Casio produced in the 80s. Um, there were, I'm not sure how many there were in total, but there were the CZ line. And the reason I thought this would be a good transition to other types of synthesis is because they've done a pretty good job of kind of making pieces of the puzzle analogous to the 
subtractive synthesis that most of us have become used to. It's not quite as difficult to understand as FM, the DX7 style, but um, and it's not quite as simple as subtractive, but pretty close. So let's talk about the Casio CZ. First of all, like I mentioned, there were several of these models in the 80s. There's the CZ 101, which is the little one with the smaller keys, and it was the first one, as I understand. Then came the CZ 1000, which is the one I have, and it had bigger keys, but got rid of the physical buttons. It's all those membrane buttons. It's probably the least desirable of the line, but of course, that's the one I ended up with so far. Um, and then there's the CZ 3000 and 5000, which again, kept the bigger keys, went back to the physical buttons. Um, one of them has a sequencer on it. I can't remember which one it is. And one of them has chorus. And then um, there's the CZ1, which is probably the most desirable, although these are none of these are very expensive synthesizers. In fact, most of the synthesizers I have are not very expensive synths. And um, so hopefully this is pretty um, affordable for you if you're trying to get into something and want something new and different. Um, you can find them on eBay pretty cheap. And in fact, okay, I got to throw a little plug here for, um, I just visited for the first time, my local synth shop. I know it's terrible that it took me this long to get there, but Square Wave Sound in Salt Lake City, if you're in the area, it's a great little shop. And in the back room, I noticed one or two or three, several of these CZ synths. So there's some there. Go pick them up. They're ready for you. All right. So what do these things sound like? Most of the demos I've heard have these just dripping in reverb. And for the most part, you do need some effects to make this thing sound good. It sounds very digital and clean. Um, and if you notice in that little Rhodes patch, um, the CZ1000, I think it can only play one, or, sorry, four notes at a time. So right, right on that uh, fifth note, um, you can definitely hear the last one drop out. Um, and that's another thing that the 3000, 5000, and CZ1 um, had more, more polyphony and more memory available for patch storage. Um, but this one, just the four notes. So it's, you know, not great for playing great big full pieces, but um, it, it has its place. So let's get more into it. That Rhodes was a, a factory preset, and so is the synth bass. <laughs> course um my first impression is to always turn off the vibrato on that particular patch i don't think it sounds necessary pretty nice synth bass patch um and there's also some horns and So maybe that's not something you would ever use, but um, there's the organ patch like this. Um, a little bit better. The original synth string patch isn't too bad. So you can maybe warm that up with some more reverb and chorus, something like that. Um, other than that, there's not really a lot of the original factory presets that are particularly useful in my opinion. There's some whistles and flutes and hand claps and things like that that 
to me actually sound more like kind of the toy Casio sounds than the professional level. So let's look a little bit at how these sounds are made. And then, of course, you can start to make your own sounds. Well, I guess that's pretty redundant. Um, but it does a lot better at that than the original factory settings. And I should mention that there is a, uh, there's the virtual CZ editor. I haven't reached out to the author of that, but um, it looks like it's a great piece of software. I've not used it. I keep planning on it and just can't put the hundred bucks or so down to do it. And there are also a couple of additional patch libraries that come with that, which you probably realize I am way into patches. So um, one of these days I'll do that. But the virtual CZ editor also emulates the CZ hardware. So even if you don't have one of these keyboards, you can then um, simulate the how they act in software. So th it's really an interesting approach. So not only is it a patch library, patch editor, it also simulates the hardware. So it works regardless of your situation, whether you have it or not, or if you have the CZ1 or the 101 or whichever model. So I will add a link to that on the show notes for this episode, but if you, uh, you could also just Google Virtual CZ and it should take you right there. Um, now on to the meat of the episode, how to make the sounds with the CZ. So um, like I said, they have done a good job of making things sort of similar and feel like a uh, subtractive synthesis all the while introducing this new technology, the phase distortion. Um, so you have a DCO, which is, that is the oscillator. You have a DCW, which is kind of like the filter, um, but the W is a wave shaper. And then you have the DCA, which we know is the A is the amplifier. So those three things in a line together, you have the oscillator, the filter, and the amplifier. And you have two sets of those, they call those lines. So kind of like on the microcorg, how you have the timbres, these, these are called lines. So you have line one and line two. Each of those have their own set of DCO, DCW, and DCA. And um, then you can combine those together, or you can just choose one or the other. And you can, um, if you combine them, you can detune one from the other slightly to give kind of a fatter, chorusy sound. Um, so I mentioned this phase distortion thing. Uh, back in the original episodes of the podcast, we talked a lot about um, sort of the fundamentals of sound, but we didn't really talk about wave phase. So just just a little bit of a primer on that. So when you look at what we kind of have used in the past as a uh, visual representation of, say, a sine waveform, it, it rises gradually and descends gradually a nice um, smooth wave shape I'm sure you've seen it before well the amplitude is how high that arch reaches the um, the frequency is basically how how often it changes from high to low well the phase has to do with whether the wave shape is going up or going down definitely simplifying here um, and you can take a like one cycle of a wave uh, say a sine waveform that goes up and comes all the way back down underneath and comes back to where it started and if you flip that whole thing upside down that is inverting the phase okay so what does all this have to do with synthesis and the phase distortion 
part of it is marketing. At the time when Yamaha was coming out with its frequency modulation um, technology, Casio's phase distortion is kind of similar and they needed something else to call it. But the general idea is, um, like I mentioned on these two DCOs, you have two different waveforms that you can select and the combination of those two waveforms distorts, I guess, the phase of the wave to create new and interesting sounds. And not only is it's not only just the combination of those two waves in the DCO, it's also the stuff that comes after it, like I mentioned in the DCW. One thing I haven't mentioned yet is the fantastic envelopes on the Casio line. So each of those building blocks that I mentioned um, have their own envelope, and it's not just an ADSR envelope, a tactic K sustain release. Um, it's an eight-step envelope where um, you really you could almost turn that into an LFO by going up and down, up and down, up and down. Each of those eight steps has a rate at which it goes to some level, so a rate and a level. Uh, and it's just they're just fantastic envelopes and probably more powerful than most of us really need or really ever get into. Most of the patches that I've seen only use a few steps of the envelope. Anyway, the combination of that envelope also distorts the phase of the waves um, that are combined, that are generated by the combination of the two waves within the DCO. So all that together is what makes the waves happen. And like I said, um, they've done a good job of making this seem familiar to us because of the, the waves that are available are something we're pretty familiar with. I'll play them in a second here. And then the idea of a wave shaper or a filter and the amplifier that comes after it and the envelope. So it's, it's all stuff we've seen before. It's just arranged differently, right? Okay, so here's, like I mentioned, I'm going to start out with that same string patch and just play through. I'm just going to select one line. So you're only, only going to hear one DCO. I'm not going to change the envelope at all at this point. And then um, I'll just go through each wave individually. All right, so here is the saw wave. And like I mentioned, this is just using that string patch. So there is some um, filtering and things like that going on, but just to get a sense of it. So the saw versus the square wave. Uh, and then I think it's called pulse. And I can't remember what these last, these other two are called. And then they have three waves at the end that they call resonant waves. You can hear they sound like a wave that's got some filtering and the resonance boost on the filter. So you hear that kind of nasally boost. So that's what they sound like individually. And then the idea is, back to the, the saw wave, you can combine them. So you go to the... Um, to the second wave within each DCO and add to it. So, so far we've had wave zero as the second wave so that we can hear just individual waves. So here's with the saw and then you can combine it with a, another saw. You don't really hear difference, but if you combine it with a square wave, you can definitely hear the presence of the saw, of the saw and the square together. And that's with the saw and the pulse. So it definitely sounds different than 
just the saw together. And then if you get over to the resonance waves, there they are. So then after you set up the combination of waveforms you want to use, you can um, go to the envelope section within the DCO and you can use that to control the frequency or the pitch of that waveform. And um, as much as I can tell, that doesn't affect the so-called phase distortion. It's only controlling the pitch more in more of a traditional form that we're used to. Um, usually, you might use an LFO to control the pitch of a frequency. There is no dedicated LFO on the synthesizer. However, you could instead use the vibrato section if that's what you're going for instead of using the envelope. And within the the vibrato section, there are a few different waveforms to choose from. There is, a, looking down at it, trying to see it here, it looks like there is a triangle, a saw, a reverse saw, and a square wave. So you could do some interesting effects that way. And that is more of a um, global vibrato on your overall patch. If you want to control the two separate DCOs individually, you'll have to use the envelope within those DCOs. All right, so the next section is the wave shaper. This has a key follow section so that you can um, make the sound brighter as you go up the keyboard, or you can make it uniform across the keyboard by turning it all the way down. And then the envelope section within the, within the wave shaper, that's where things kind of get interesting. And for example, I've adjusted one section of the waveform for the, the default initial patch, um, which sounds, I played it before, I think, it sounds like uh, like that. It's a bra brass ensemble. If I just change one setting on the wave shaper and make the rate slower, instead of having that initial build up really quick, I made it slow. It sounds like this. So that's where you can kind of start to take the existing sounds and maybe make them more modern by just changing the timing. So they're not trying to emulate a brass section. They're trying to be their own person. Um, so I think that's the, the wave shaper envelope is really where it's at on this synth. Here's another example with that initial synth bass. All I've done is tweak the, the envelope on the DCW a little bit. Um, actually quite a lot. The thing to keep in mind when you're working on the CZ it, and you go into the envelopes, there's those eight steps. Each of them have the rate and the level. As far as I can tell, the level within um, the DCW envelope, higher is more like opening up the filter and a lower number on the level is more like closing the filter. So higher is a brighter tone, lower, a lower number is a darker tone. The one that I always get backwards, in fact, I've had to go back and re-record the section of the podcast because I got it backwards when I tried to explain it, um, is the rate. And I don't know why I get it backwards every time. So on the rate section of each step of all the envelopes throughout the synthesizer, the higher the number, 
the faster the rate of change to get to the level that you've set on the other portion. So if you want to get a sort of a sharper attack, you would do a higher number. And if you want to get something to build gradually, you would do the lower number. Um, I think it's because on the Juno that I'm used to, when I grab the slider and I move it up, higher number takes longer on say, on, say, the attack, and pulling it back all the way down makes it faster. Well, it's backwards to me on the CZ. A higher number is a higher rate, meaning it goes faster. Okay. Remember, higher, faster, when you're working with the CZ anyway. Okay, and then I mentioned that the level on the DCW, the filter, the higher the number, the brighter it is, the lower the number, the darker. Well, back on the... Um, on the DCO, it's not brighter or darker, it's it's pitch. So it's a higher number, higher frequency, higher pitch. Lower number is lower frequency or lower pitch. So if you want to adjust the pitch, you would actually go off of 50. The level of 50 seems to be right on pitch. So if you go up or down from there, you can adjust the pitch. And then over on the amplifier, the level within the envelope has to do with what we perceive as volume or the amplitude of the waveform. So a higher number is a louder sound and a lower number is a quieter sound. And all throughout, like I said, the rate with respect to these envelopes uh, is the same. So a higher number gets is faster to get to that point, whether it's brighter or louder or quieter or, or detuned higher or lower. And a lower number in the rate gets you there slower. So on the amplifier section, here's an example where I took this, that synth-based tone and I gave it a much longer um, attack by taking the initial um, step of the envelope with the DCA. I took the initial step and I changed the rate so that instead of being 99 really fast, I brought it down to, looks like it's on 86 now. While I was messing with it, I also added some other steps where before it was only using the first step and the last step. And that's the interesting thing to get used to when you're building these envelopes. Um, you have a sustain button and an end button. You can and a, you can step through those envelope steps and you can choose which one is the sustain point, which one is the end point. And there's a diagram on the synthesizer that shows you what happens as far as the key off behavior. So if the pitch is going to change when you let off the key, or if the amplitude is going to go up, which would be kind of opposite of what we think, or whatever you plan to do, um, there's refer to that diagram. It's a little bit difficult to explain uh, here in words. Um, okay, so other things that you have on the CZ line, there's a modulation section um, where you have a ring modulator or a noise modulator, and those are only active if you have um, a combination of the two waveforms. So on the line selection, selection area, if you select line one and line two, then one of the DCOs becomes a ring modulator for the other. And then also if you combine line one with itself, then it will modulate its own um, waveform against itself, which is kind of interesting. And again, um, 
if you want to learn about ring modulation, there's lots of resources out there. It is also talked about in the effects book on synthlib.com website. So go ahead and grab that. It's a free ebook PDF. You can sign up and get it. And I understand there was some problems with the downloads of that. That has been resolved. So go ahead and sign up and get it. And if you if you did sign up and didn't get it, then go ahead and email me info at synthlib.com. We'll get routed to my inbox and I'll send you the copy of that. Um, and then, like I mentioned before, you have the vibrato section, which you can control how much that affects the sound and if it's delayed. And then you actually have a mono button on uh, over, it's over on by the preset sections. So you can make it act like a mono synth as well. So that pretty much covers everything you get with the CZ line of synthesizers. Um, if you can get your hands on one and you can get a cartridge, even better, then you can save more patches. I think otherwise, in order to save the patches when the power is off, you actually have to have batteries in the back of it, um, which it takes something like four or five C or D batteries. So it's a, it's a lot of batteries. So having a cartridge is a lot nicer just recall that way. All right, so as always, I'm going to be adding the CZ line of synthesizers all together as one on the synthlib.com patch library. So you'll be able to find more patches there um, as I start to develop them or as you develop them and add them. And I'm excited to start adding these because like the MicroKorg, I, I've kind of ignored the synth a little bit since I've had it for a while. And um, I didn't really get to know the MicroKorg until I started making patches for it for the website. And I, I've just actually started to like it a lot more. And I'm excited to do the same thing with this one because I know as I start to create patches for the website, I'll start to get to know the synth a little bit better. And um, yeah, it's, it's a great way to get to know your synthesizer. Just challenge yourself to create something new on it, even if it's just one patch every day. And you don't have to upload it to the site if you don't think it turned out well. Just teach yourself your own synthesizers if you have them. I know there's probably a lot of us out there that have collections of these synthesizers and they're just kind of piling up and we just move on to the next thing as soon as we get it. So maybe this year, instead of gear acquisition, acquisition syndrome taking over, how about go back and relearn some of the synthesizers you already have? Okay. That's the challenge. But of course I do have my eye on a few new things as well. There's always that. All right. Thanks for listening. And like I said, go back to the synthlib.com and look for patches. This podcast might actually come out before I get the, the CZ added, which is kind of backwards from what I'm trying to do. It's, but it's because I'm heading out of town and I might not get the CZ uploaded just yet onto the site, but look for it soon. All right. Thanks for listening.